A A A A E U E E don't E don't Oh Jesus Yo, what's up? Yo, 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 yo. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Is every show gonna start with you doing some like I and then like ring a ring, but uh it's Bobby answering. I don't know. It depends on if it's funny or not. <laughs> okay. So no. God damn it, really? Hey everybody, welcome to I'm okay, you're okay. I'm not okay. You're not okay. With me, Bob Schneider. And your other host, Clint Wells. You're welcome. So you've not used your studio since we last recorded? No, I've been doing these live broadcasts, live streams. And when I do the live stream, I have reverb on my voice because my manager was like, hey man, you need reverb on your voice. And I'm like, do I though? Now he's got me convinced that I do. But do I though? I'll have to listen and I'll, I'll report back to you. You sound like you're in a... Like, you're in that scene. Did you ever see that movie with Ryan Reynolds where he's in a coffin? Like, he's buried? It's called Buried. Man, that movie, I don't remember liking it. I saw it in the theater for some reason. (laughs) That's a weird movie to catch in the theater. I definitely waited for VOD on the Ryan Reynolds Buried Alive 90-minute in a coffin movie. (laughs) I'm like... I think it got good reviews. So it was one of those where I'm like, this doesn't look good, but it got good reviews, so I'm going to give it a shot. And then I was like, mm, not good. The best movie ever with just one guy in one place is called Lock, and it's this dude in a car for 90 minutes. It sounds horrible, but it's an amazing movie. It's Tom Hardy. I think I've seen that. I'd be surprised if you haven't. It's him in a car making phone calls. And again, I, I get that that sounds boring, but at the things that are happening in these phone calls, the tension in this movie, it's L-O-C-K-E, Locke. Check it out. I like that actor. Did you ever see the one where he plays twins, like a gangster movie? Yeah, it was okay. It was all right. It was actually pretty good. There was another horrible gangster movie that year called The Man from Uncle that I got it confused with. But yeah, he... He played the two gangster brothers. One of them was kind of diabolical. The other one was maybe trying to get straight. That was pretty good. Well, one one of the guys had Aspergers, and he was he came across as retarded, but he was he had Aspergers. And uh, sorry, I guess we can't use that term anymore. Can I get some confirmation that you've fixed the reverb problem? The reverb problem has been completely fixed. <laughs> yeah, I'm gonna need some. Uh technical confirmation that the reverberation has been amended thank you here's the here's the situation the last time we did the podcast i could hear the reverb and i was like "Mm, it must be some latency issue so i took my headphones off and then it went away so this time as soon as i heard it i was like oh that ain't no latency issue by the way this is the part of the podcast for producers and audio engineers which guess how many people are listening to this podcast that are that zero well, I, I meticulously edit these episodes so that there is no perception of latency. Right. Uh, anyway, it wasn't latency. It was reverb. So this time, you know, like the kid who poops his pants and he's like, mm, Mama, why does it smell like the devil? And then the mama's like, it's because you made a poo-poo in your panties, boy. And then mama say, Hold on, son. You're going to be a big man someday, boy. Don't poop your pants, boy. Mama say, ooh. That's the way I was raised. 
<laughs> wow. That's just a typical day in the Schneider family. <laughs> that we call that Tuesday. That called Tuesday, 1967. Well, we haven't welcomed anybody to the show yet. Welcome to I'm Okay. We haven't done a damn welcome. Hey, everybody. Welcome to the podcast. Glad to join you here. Is that even a... Did I say that right? Like, as soon as I said it, I was like, that doesn't sound right. It sounded clunky and strange. Glad, Glad to, to join, join you here. <laughs> hey, welcome to the meeting. Glad to join you. Here? <laughs> we have now been... That sounds like something they'd say at the beginning of Human Centipede. Well, yeah, either that or you're some boot-up software from a supercomputer from the 70s. Mommy, why does it smell like the devil? Oh, it's because you just had your mouth surgically uh, tied to somebody's butthole. Here's the deal, man. If you're in that human centipede situation, you want to be that first guy in the centipede. That's just yeah. That's just the that's the winning the lottery. <laughs> you won the human centipede lottery <laughs> if you're number one. Anybody else in that chain? lost there's only everybody's a loser but there's one the biggest loser is everybody that's not number one yeah you want to be number one for sure maybe that's what's at the other end of the wonderful covid rainbow is maybe if we all survive that we get to inherit the human centipede lottery what if you went on hulu and we're looking for a show and you're you're like oh the biggest loser oh i love this show the biggest loser and you went on there and it's the human centipede human centipede edition how many times have you seen all of the Human Centipede movies? I've seen the Human Centipede Part 1 three times. Ugh. I've seen the Human Centipede Part 2, which I can tell you, without hopefully being too spoilery, is easily the most disgusting one. I've seen that one time. I've seen the Human Centipede 3, which is the funniest one, three times. Ask me how many times I've seen any of the Human Centipedes. How many times have you seen any of the Human Centipedes? Hmm... Hold on. Hmm. Uh, do carry the one. Let the do the five minus the four plus the zero. <laughs> <laughs> well, so you know that the first film, The Human Centipede, is a maniacal doctor who captures these three tourists and he turns them into a three-person human centipede. Now, for the sequel, they had to they had to up the ante there. How many people are in the? Do you believe are in the second? centipede seven no it's more than seven okay my answer is more than seven yeah okay it's 12 so they went from three to 12 <laughs> now that's a long that's a long centipede that's now we're actually starting to like i feel like three people is not really a centipede three people's like oh is that the three pigs got caught by the by the wolf that, that maybe they weren't in the the strongest house they should have been in and now they're in a human centipede whereas like 12 people viewed from the sky if you were a giant eagle the size of a, I don't know, a mountain, you'd be like, hmm, that looks like a tasty centipede. Well, guess how many people are in the centipede in the human centipede part three? 300,000. No, it's a little less than that. Uh, all right, my answer is less than 300,000. <laughs> 500 people. takes place in a prison oh my god (laughs) i might have to watch that actually i think the director described part three as like disney world the human centipede disney world because it's really cartoonish and funny and but but also horrifying Uh. and scary but it's really surreal and has a lot of humor in it whereas the first two are really bleak so anyway that's my human centipede uh lesson for all of you out there 
when when my wife and I read about the premise of it, we could not wait to see it. That's just how fucking weird we are. Wait, you watched that show with your wife? I watched one and two with my wife, and then I watched three by myself privately a couple times. Dude, did you listen to my new song that I sent in? Yeah, I did. (laughs) Amazing. Farts are the answers to the question your mind's been asking, and the answer is... Is there a God above? Does he fill the world with love? Is the answer in this great big book? Mm, Here, come take a look. What happens after we die? Is there a heaven in the sky? Will we ever know the reason why? I've got the answer for you, guy. Am I gonna live to see the new year? Am I gonna see my dreams come true? Does it really matter in the long run? Maybe this'll shed some light for you. Is there really good and evil? Is there such a thing as free will? Can you ever do anything but what you do? The answer still. Will she love me truly for the rest of my life? Will she always and forever be my loyal wife? Or will she fuck the neighbor or a boss or someone else? I think I know the answer, I don't need your help. Farts. Man, I tried to play that song for my wife, and she, like literally, she acted like I was pouring boiling water on her. (laughs) She was like, turn that off, turn that off. And then she like, after the second (laughs) fart, she was like, I, she must have been traumatized by somebody farting when she was a kid. I don't think her dad ever farted around her. Yeah, right. Those... That's why she's traumatized. He probably farted on her every day the way you do. No, no. I'm serious, dude. I don't think her dad was like you, like never farted around. Do you fart around your daughter? No. So you don't fart around your daughter or your wife? No. Dude, there's not a day that goes by where I'm not cutting the loudest farts in front of both my daughter and my wife right i mean that's just the way it is dude well you, hey you want to go to disneyland you <laughs> got to pay you got to pay at the dough bitch well i'm shocked that all of that farting around her all these years hasn't prepared her for your humorous song which just includes funny farts i think that song is i mean i've listened to that song <laughs> like 10 times now and every time i hear it i'm laughing so hard it's pretty funny. It's pretty funny. Well, what's funny about it is how unexpectedly different each fart is in that song. Now, did, were those um, were those self-generated, or did you go find some samples on the uh, World Wide Web? Well, let me tell you. So I when I recorded it, I was like, I'll, I'll just make fart sounds. But I was it wasn't funny. So I went online, went on YouTube, <laughs> looked up fart audio. And the first one I came across was like, two minutes of farts and i just downloaded that and used those farts and they were great because there's all there's a bunch of additional noise too there's like you know turds hitting the water there's there's one one where it goes donk like it's hitting like this giant turd just hit a fucking one of those giant what are those t those giant steel bars that they build skyscrapers with <laughs> i don't know that's what, what that sounds, thing is. it sounds <laughs> sounds like somebody put that in the toilet and then this giant turd hit it and just went donk <laughs> that shit makes me laugh so hard when i hear it i'm like what is that i don't know i don't care it's just funny 
Well, we need to dig into some emails, if that's okay with you, because we're quite backed up, and we need to check in on these wonderful people. Okay. Hi, everybody. Welcome, and uh, glad to to join you here. Now that I'm remembering that just five seconds ago, I said that. (laughs) I thought you were kidding. You weren't kidding just now. (laughs) As soon as I started saying it, I was like, wait, did I? Oh, yeah, I did, because... He's the thing. Well, you heard it here first, first, folks. Uh, Hear Bob Schneider have a stroke live on I'm Okay, You're Okay. Hey, I'm living in the moment, man. Now, you can email us at bobandclint at gmail.com. We read all of these, and we're going to read a few of them. Rat Neil. Now, some of these are kind of, because we're a little behind, they're dealing with the South by Southwest stuff when we thought that, you know, we were going to be talking to your mom, and that didn't happen. So I may have to move over some of those. Doug McLeod writes... Hey guys, wondering if you were watching New Pope on HBO, and if so, what do you think? I think it's an artistic triumph on all levels, writing, acting, acting cinematography, etc. Do you think if if music rock concert started with headliners going on at 7, would that be good for everyone? I'm 55 and get up early, skip most shows because of starting so late. Thanks, love the podcast. So we got two questions here. Do you watch New Pope? That show looks awful. Man, I tried to watch the first season of it, and I watched maybe one and a half episodes, and I was like... Fuck this show. I can just tell you, when, when I started seeing the trailer for it, I looked at my wife and I was like, that looks so bad. And then when the second season came out, and it's like this really dramatic trailer they reveal, and it was John Malkovich, I laughed so hard, dude. Well, I tried to watch I, I tried to watch a little bit of this season, and it seems... I don't know what it is about Jude Law, but I have such a hard time watching that guy. I don't like I him don't either. I, I don't know what it is. Yeah, I have a similar problem. I liked him in two movies. I liked him in talented mr ripley and i liked him in um sherlock holmes but i didn't even like him in gattaca and he's really good in that and he's i think he's a good actor he's always like it's it's not like i think he's a shitty actor there's just something about him and i can't put my finger on it but i just don't like watching him i'm looking at his entire filmography right now i don't like any of these uh road to perdition fine that dude's been in some fucking movies oh you know what he's in a great david cronenberg movie i forgot called existence that is good i think i watched that for the first time at your house do you, you remember that movie where they get kind of plugged into this video game it's kind of a body horror very cronenberg yeah i didn't think that movie was very good it was one of those, oh, this is the movie you should watch even though nobody saw it. And then I saw it and I was like, yeah, there's a reason nobody saw it. He says, do you think if music or rock concerts started with headliners going on earlier, would that be good for everybody? What do you think about that? I kind of like going on around nine. Uh, nine sounds late to me. Nine, nine's past my bedtime. Dude, I'm doing, I'm doing a show at 8.30 and I'm like, that's too late. And the only reason I didn't move it earlier is because I'm like, well, if somebody's... In California, that's going to be 6.30 for them, and 6.30 sounds too early. But ideally, for me, 7 o'clock sounds like the perfect time. Because you want to be putting that head on that pillow at 9.30. I like 7 o'clock. I mean, 7 o'clock seems reasonable. Again, that guy's the same age as me, so we're kind of on the same track. I think if you're, you know, 25 and you're looking to get connected, (laughs) if you're looking to join somebody (laughs) later on. You know, that might be a little early. All right. Myra H. writes in, and she says, Dear Bob and Clint, love you guys on the podcast. Your comfortable banner, friendship, opinions, and humor are highlight of the week. And then she talks about how her and her boyfriend went to see you at the Valentine's gig. Uh-huh. And her boyfriend, I guess, had gone through a really tough divorce and a really low time in his life where a record that meant a lot. I'm kind of paraphrasing some of his email. This is quite long. 
uh, a record that meant a lot to him that was Tom Petty's Echo, which is easily one of my favorite Tom Petty records too. And I guess that night you covered the first song from that record, Room at the Top. And so he writes this really nice message about how his new girlfriend turned him on to you because she's a big fan. And then you played his favorite song, which was Come Away With Me Tonight. Then you played his favorite Tom Petty song. Uh, so then she breaks in and says, the truth is Tom Petty's Mark's absolutely favorite ar artist ever. Uh, Petty's music speaks to him. Bob's music speaks to me. Having my favorite artist sing his favorite artist song on Valentine's Day doesn't get any better than that. It was a beautiful boohoo moment for both of us. Number one, I'd love to know Bob's thoughts on Tom Petty's song, Room at the Top. So how did you come about doing that song? I had no idea you covered that. Uh, I had never, I, well, I say I'd never covered it, but I, I think I actually had covered it once years and years ago, like at the Saxon Pub or something, but I'd forgotten. And the only reason I did it is because a friend of my wife's suggested I do it. And I was like, oh, let me check it, check it out. And then I listened to it and I'm like, oh, I love this song and this will be perfect for valentine's day and then we did this like really stripped down version of it and it was it was probably the highlight of the show as far as my singing goes now there were some other singers that were that was the highlight of the show was them but for me that was it was a pretty powerful moment i believe stripped down is how he used to perform it too he, he didn't play that song very much after the echo echo was like 97 but it's an amazing song with a great lyric I'd love to hear your version of it. I went and saw him live. We were playing a festival, and this would have been maybe five years before he died. So I don't know when it was, maybe 15 years ago. And the headliner was Tom Petty, and I was like, I should probably go watch a song or two, and then I can say that I saw Tom Petty. But I wasn't really excited to go see him play, even though he's really one of my favorite songwriters. I, I, I think he's amazing. But for some reason, the idea of seeing him live wasn't appealing to me, really. So I went, and I knew every single song that he played, and it was an incredible concert. Right. And when you see all those songs back to back, you know, Room at the Top doesn't necessarily fit into that sort of, I call it the Vegas show, where you're just playing your hits. You right, know? right. Because this, the other songs he ha has, you know, that he wrote are, are such, so popular, so... You know, I don't know the crowd. You know, the crowd singing them. I could see how like "Rim at the Top" would be like, mm, do -do -do -do, you know, in the middle of it or something. Yeah, I mean that would be a PP break or a beer break for a lot of casual t kind of tire kicker fans that want to hear "Free Fallin" and and uh, "Refugee." Right. When we saw them, they had a record out called "Hypnotic Eye." We saw him not not soon before he passed away, and uh, when he played the new songs, which we loved, my wife likes the new record, and but when he played those songs, he said something like, well, we have a new record out. He, I'm paraphrasing, but he's basically like, we understand that you guys probably don't care about this music, but uh, we really like it, and this is a good time to go get a beer or, or go potty. And then they played those songs, which I thought were awesome. They only played two of them, but you're at that point with that kind of artist, you're just competing with yourself all the time. And how's he yeah. going to compete with Free Fallen? No, I get it. I mean, I was on that Kiss Cruise, and I went to um, Paul Stanley's uh, art class, which <laughs> is ridiculous. <laughs> Might as well call it uh, Helen Keller's School of Photography or something. It was just ridiculous. <laughs> uh, but he's he's a super likable guy. Like he's I love Paul Stanley. I love him. He's so likable, and he was really like really funny. And and cool. And somebody so they were he was answering he was answering questions from the audience. And one of the questions was like, Hey, when are you guys gonna do a new record? And he's like, 
man, we ain't going to do no new record. Right. Man. They've been saying that for a while. He goes, you know, it took 20 years for these records that you love to become classics. He's like, I don't have 20 years to wait for you guys to think the record that comes out this year is, you know, great. And it made sense. Like, it all clicked to me. I'm like, oh, I get it. And and it's true. I mean, Tom Petty, the last record of his that I bought was that blues record. What was that called? Mojo. Mojo. Dude, I didn't like that record at all. And I was like, yeah, if this is what he's putting out, um, I'm out. You know, I, I get that all the time where people like, you know, they they bought Lonely Land or they bought I'm Good Now. And then that was their favorite record. And then that's what they want to hear because it reminds them of that time in their life. The music's connected to that time in their life. So when they hear those songs, it brings back all those memories. You just, as the older you get, you just have less and less of that sort of romanticized connection with the music that you do, with the music that you listen to when you're a teen or in your 20s. And you also just have less time to immerse yourself in it. You just have more stuff to do in your actual obligated life to... Life's different. When you're in your teens and your 20s, you know, all your dreams are still intact. You're like, oh, I'm going to be this. I'm going to do this. And I'm going to meet this person. And I'm going to, you know, blah, blah, blah. All your dreams. And then by the time you get in your 30s, for most people, those dreams have been demolished. You're married to somebody you barely can stand. Uh, you're not doing what you ever thought you'd do. So you're not in a good place. And then somebody's like, hey, man, check out this new Bob Schneider record. <laughs> and you listen to it. And then the backdrop is this poison soup that you're drinking called your life. And then you're like, hey, what'd you think of that new record? And you're like, I don't like it. Like, I like that other record when my dreams were still alive and breathing. I'm like, yeah, no doubt, motherfucker. <laughs> the poison soup called your life. Oh, my yeah. God. Yeah. That's brutal. It's brutal, but unfortunately... Hero. I'm going to graduate high school. I'm going to get into a great college. Um, before I get into that great college, I'm going to take a trip to Europe. I'm going to be drugged by a German uh, neurosurgeon, and then he's going to turn me into a human centipede. <laughs> and that's why I love Lonely Land. <laughs> <laughs> that took an unexpected centipede in turn. <laughs> um, thanks, Mara, for the email. She ends by saying, I admire both of you uh, and the good energy you put into the world every day. Thank you. That was really sweet. Thank you. Um, oh, thank we got you. a few more here. Deb Wallace writes, only because you discussed the slashes. I think your slashes are forward slashes and not backward slashes, but there's a link on your bio so people should be able to click that. She's talking about being able to find us on Patreon or the socials, which, by the way, it's P-A-T-R-E-O-N dot com slash the letters I-O-K. Oh, I think she's, dude, I th I'm looking at the slashes on my browser. I think she's I think she's right. It is forward slash. Why does everybody say backslash? I don't know. But everyone knows what the correct slash. It doesn't matter what it's called. She, she says, hey, I, I love your podcast and we'll join the Patreon. Not a big fan of Patreon, but I'll do it for y'all. Curious about the South by Southwest issue. Was looking forward to Bob's mom reading emails. Sincerely, Deb Wallace. Or D-E-B, like E-O-B. Or H-E-B. Mm, deep cuts. Hey, uh, thanks for that email. Can we have a competition, you and me, right now? Sure. I want to have a competition to see who can say the word slash the most German. <laughs> okay, who gets to go first? I'll start. Ready? Yeah. Slash. <laughs> <laughs> Let's hear yours. All right, you ready? Yeah. Here we go. Most German accent of the word slash. Are you ready? Yeah. 
slash. <laughs> that wasn't German at all. I'm just trying to say it like RuPaul. Slash. <laughs> slash. <laughs> Try to say it another German way. Slash. <laughs> that was a dude. That was also German, but from a different part of Germany. That was like Northern Germany. <laughs> oh my God. <laughs> say it like you're from Munich. Slash. <laughs> I'm as surprised as anybody that that was coming out of me. It's amazing. It is amazing. So it's like you were from Berlin. Slash. (laughs) (laughs) This is the funniest thing we've ever done on the podcast. I I can't. All right. I don't want to do it anymore. I don't. I feel like we can't go any better. I can't. I can't. <laughs> okay, good God. <clears throat> Maybe we can do a little All more right. of that in the secret weekly. Um, here's the deal: the Patreon is just a great way to support the show, and especially in these strange times. We're not going to harp on it too much, but I do want to at least say thank you to a couple of new patrons we got: Andrea uh, that <laughs> She's probably from Slashville, <laughs> and uh, Alex. We have Alex Chaniotis. And I believe we have one more, West Cruz. So I want to thank them for uh, supporting us via Patreon. And you get a bunch of special content over there. One more email here before we wrap up this episode. This is from Greg. He says, Bob and Clint, I've been enjoying your banter from the beginning. At least there's something to look forward to on Mondays. And now Thursdays, by the way. I borrow the catchphrases from you to get through my week. My wife still looks at me funny when I say zip or okay. One day she okay. will find out what it's all about. My question for Bob is, oh, shocker, a question for Bob. Uh, have you ever done a Bob show for an audience that was expecting the clean Bob from Rachel Ray? Um, I mean, I think that happens almost every... Like, I just assume there's always somebody there for the first time who maybe just somehow found it through a friend or was... Li- like, anybody who just... Like, somebody's like, hey, man, you should listen to Bob Schneider, and they go to Spotify, and they listen to it, and they're like, oh, I, I like this. And then they come to see me live... I always feel like they're saying, that's a stronger cup of tea than I was expecting. Hmm. Yeah, he didn't play ass knocker on Rachel Ray. (laughs) (laughs) Well, it's not even that I'm playing ass knocker. It's just I'll say some stuff in between songs sometimes to, you know, just to be entertaining or to, I don't know, just because something will pop into my head. And anything that pops into my head that I think is funny, unless it's going to be hurtful to somebody um, on stage, then... I'm going to say it. And lots of times, you know, it can be, you know, if you're, if you're used to seeing me play, then you're kind of used to it and you're like, oh yeah, he does that all the time. But if it's your first time, you might be like, hmm, that's what, huh? Where's, and why is he not playing peaches? What do you think the split is on the people who are surprised by it, but they stay on the ride versus the people who, who, leave who who split i think i lose a bunch of people they're not listening to this 
and I only know the people that stay on that enjoy it. So I have no idea. Uh, the people that I lose because of it, I don't know. This is I approach everything from this perspective, which is like, what is what would I want to see if I went and saw somebody play? What would I want to see? What would be exciting and entertaining for me? And then I do that. Yeah, I don't ever approach it like, hmm, I wonder what the audience would like. I just always think like, what would I like if I was in the audience? That's all I care about. I mean, it really is the hallmark of a great artist, someone who has sees what they see and they're presenting what they see to people and hoping people come along for the ride, but not making any kind of art for those people necessarily. That's what everyone I admire did. Yeah, I mean, I went and saw this guy at a pizza restaurant. It wasn't even a restaurant. It was like kind of like a takeout pizza place. It was tiny. And he was this sort of like drunk, kind of hippie-ish, kind of post Malone looking guy, but without the face tattoos. And he was so funny and so ribald or whatever, however you say that word, <laughs> and uh, provocative. And then every song he played was just like so beautiful and, and sincere. And I just loved the juxtaposition of that, of this really sweet, beautiful music with this just uh, kind of crazy in-between uh, banter. It was hilarious because if that guy would have just been in there doing the sweet songs without it, I would have been like, I mean, literally after two songs, I would have been like, I'm done. I like it when, when things come up against each other in, in unexpected ways um, with art of any kind. Right. Yeah, I do too. I like the tension. All right. Well, having said that, we're out of time. So <clears throat> here's your homework. Go email us, bobandclan at gmail.com. We'll talk about whatever you want to talk about, obviously. We we just read these in order that we get them. Do leave us a positive review on iTunes if you get a second. It's the easiest way to support the show. Tell your buddies about it. You may have some friends who aren't plugged into social media, and the only way they would hear about this is by uh, your recommendation. Other podcasts we do, the Metallica podcast, the Song Club podcast, and of course the Patreon. We're going to kick it right now over to the Secret Weekly, which is a special bonus episode we do every week, twice a week, for our patrons. It's not It's not an episode. It's like five minutes. But we talk about some real shit there. Z- 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 yeah. All right, well, we'll see you over there. Peace. Peace. <laughs>